It's a difficult conversation, I think, when you offer an 8% PREF or something like that, and then all of a sudden you're delivering 4% or something like that. And then why is that going on? And you have to talk with other partners that you'd like to keep a long relationship with, and it's suffering because you failed at your development of the operational partnership side. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of the fluffy stuff with us today, Ashton and Chris Leverick. How you two doing? Doing great. Thank you for having us, Joe. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. And a fun fact, Chris, congrats on the new arrival. And I'm sure you have lots of sleep and are well-rested. So I appreciate you being on the show with us. Hey, thank you. Yeah, second son born yesterday. Appreciate it. Chris is the owner and operations manager, and Ashton is a sales marketing acquisitions manager of Valkyrie Investment Group. They are syndicators with experience in operations, partner ownership, assisted living, and they have 716 units in their portfolio based in Phoenix, Arizona. With that being said, you two want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah. That was a great intro. Thank you, Joe. So we're both veterans. Chris spent four years in the military. I did 21 and we decided we wanted to create some more passive income. So we started investing in real estate back in 2018 and quickly realized the benefits of scaling up the economies of scale. And we got into, well, with every deal we did, we were partnering with people already. So it just kind of made sense to get into syndication. So from there, we kind of skyrocketed as far as growth but always learning, always growing, always working with professionals, trying to increase and perfect this business. Well, first off, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for you both for serving in the military. So a sincere thank you for what you and your colleagues did during your time. And let's talk specifics about your 716 units. Now, when I introduced you to I mentioned, it because it was in your bio, assisted living and apartment ownership. How does that break down the 716 units in terms of assisted living, apartments, and whatever else you're doing? We are closing the assisted living this year, so it's going to be in our portfolio. We threw it in there, but it's- How many it's units? 89 unit for okay. assisted living. So the rest is multifamily. Our early properties were duplexes. We have a five unit, we have a 13 unit, and then our first syndication was a 16 unit. We have an 84 unit apartment, a 370, 384, 384, sorry, and 120 unit as well. So altogether, that's about 716. Wow. And what was your first syndication? How big was it? 16 units. So some people would say that's not a good first way to do it. (laughs) What would you say to that? I talk a lot in bigger pockets about this too. If the deal makes sense and you're going to make a profit, and the margins are there, then so what if it costs $15,000 for an attorney or to raise the money? For us, it was a great learning experience. And that's what I'd look at it. If it's helping your business grow, then it really doesn't matter if it's a million dollar deal, in my opinion. Did I hear you correctly? You started out with a five unit? We started out with duplexes. So our first purchase was two duplexes. So it was a quad kind of, but it was two duplexes at the same time. Got it. Two duplexes, and that was with your own money. And then you uh, went to 
One correction. We partnered with one partner on that. Yeah. Ah, okay. How did you structure it? Actually, it was a great one. We did just a private lending. They lent 70%. We funded cash, 30% plus renovations, purchased it all cash and renovated and did a burr on both those duplexes. Why not continue to do that? We're still doing that, actually. We do that on the side. So we do, I guess you would call that short-term loans, 12-month promissory note loans. Some people like that. We found great interest. Also, I didn't mention, we did a short-term rental that we just are taking live here on the 13th. So really shortly here. And that one was completely funded with short-term debt. So 12-month loans. Raised Mm -hmm. about 250000 that way. What are the terms that you give the lenders? 12-month 10% interest, simple interest. And then at 12 months, they can roll it into on a continued basis, keep it in there, or we just find another short-term private lender to backfill that position. And the way short-term rentals are doing today, there's a lot of cash flow that makes that work where it wouldn't work in other deals like that. Mm -hmm. So you've got the smaller properties that you're doing on the side And then you are doing larger deals. I mean, the 384 is massive. Were you the lead sponsor on that 384 deal? No, we were co-GPs on that one. Okay. And then what about the 120 unit or the 84 unit? Those are all partnered with other operators, people we continue to work with actually. So we found a lot of momentum, a lot of progress just working with other professionals. And really that comes back to stick to what you're good at. What are you two especially good at? We're really good at building the network and interfacing with other investors, with building the team. I got 21 years in special operations, and that's what it's all about. It's, it's about managing and putting a team together to execute on a specific task or mission. So that's what we focus on now. We focus on educating our network. We focus on helping our network understand how to get into this business and then how to excel. And then we bring together the operators that can execute the boots on the ground and make the business plan work. So the assisted living, I assume that's a co-GP deal, correct? It is. Yeah. Okay. How did you two become educated on assisting living nuances compared to traditional apartments? That's a good question. So that is a little bit out of our area, if you want to call it that, just because it's something we haven't done before. But the reality is it's not that different. If you take somebody that's going to buy an apartment complex he's not going to manage it by himself. He's going to get a property manager that's been doing it for 10, 20, 30 years or something that can execute on it, that can turn it around, add value, force depreciation and make it work in that market. Right. So really what we did was we partnered with the right people to be able to do it. So we're working with a group that's considered one of the top in the nation that brings in the right personnel to manage it, that hires and fires that can help us raise the value and make it a profitable investment. But then really from there, it was just educating ourselves on why, why would we invest in assisted living, right? It is a different strategy for us, but uh, it makes sense. When you start looking at how many people are retiring, the baby boomers. So it's like 23 million Americans over the age of 75 in 2031, the oldest boomer will turn 85, which is going to open the floodgates for senior housing investments. There's a lack of senior housing out there right now. So we're filling a demand because there's a lack in supply. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. 
They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investor Guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. Is this operator that you're partnering with someone you've partnered with before? It is. Yes. Vetting partners is a tough one, right? It's not just people that you know and like and trust. They have to have some type of track record behind and fill a need that you have, obviously. So that's a big part of our business is making sure we're partnering with the right people because we have been burned before and that was fun. Big <laughs> well, it's, it's all learning experience. I mean, you know, from your military background that challenges come up and you just got to improvise and make it happen. What took place when you got burned? So you partner with a property management company or property management that came highly recommended. And then they put the wrong tenants in there. The rehab schedule gets behind. Maybe you end up becoming six months behind. Cash flow starts to slow down. You're behind on your projections. And then of course you have to answer to all your partners and investors. So without going too much into detail, that's kind of how it happened. And then they get bad tenants in there and that's a 12-month pain, right? That's a 12-month mm -hmm. loss. So that's kind of how it went. And then, of course, in the height of COVID, that didn't help at all. Chris, you want to weigh in on that? Yeah, it's a difficult conversation, I think, when you offer an 8% pref or something like that. And then all of a sudden you're delivering 4% or something like that. And then why is that going on? And you have to talk with other partners that you'd like to keep a long relationship with. And it's suffering because you failed at your development of the operational partnership side. And I think you see syndicators do this a lot. They rush in, they form a group, and they call it done. And the property closes, and everybody's happy, and they promise 20% IRR. Everybody's excited. But what they fail to realize is to deliver on that, you need the experience. We did our 16-unit ourselves. We were the lead sponsor. We realized really early, we could keep doing this, or... We can find people like our current partner, 40 years experience, over 1 billion in assets who are experts on that side. And we can learn from them. We can grow. We can move our company in that direction if you want to, but we don't have to. Those are all choices you now have when you partner with experience versus just trying to slap a deal together. I hear you. Yeah. I had a similar challenge right out of the gate. I assume the deal with the property management company that didn't go according to plan is the 16 unit. It was actually a 13 unit. And then I think it was an 84 unit after that. Yeah. So we had two incidents and they kind of coincided at the same time or oh, fun. overlap. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. better. Um, well, you know, it's yeah. probably better that they're happening at the same time versus one and then it complete and then you've got another train wreck right yeah. after that. Well, then it but, would show we didn't learn anything, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. So help me with the timeline here. 
you did the smaller deals and then you did a 16 unit syndication on your own and then you did a 13 unit and 84 unit actually it kind of went like this so we did two duplexes another duplex another duplex a five unit then the 13 unit and when we did that 13 unit because we were doing these probably one to two months apart at the beginning they were pretty quick and then we started doing one a quarter as they got bigger And then we did the 16 unit. So we had put the property management in place for the 13 unit, but sometimes you don't realize what's going on, how it's performing right away or how bad they're executing on what you want them to do. You don't realize that right away. So then we did the 16 unit, I think six months passed and we're like, how come they're not raising rents? How come the rehab plans behind what's going on on with this? On the 13 unit. On the 13. Yeah. And then we closed on an 84 unit later that year. Mm -hmm. And we were in partnership with another property management company at that time. And that's kind of when it started to snowball. And we're like, wait a minute, we need to reevaluate how we're doing this. And we need to manage the asset. And was was it the same property management company on the 13, 16 and 84? No. Interesting enough, the 16 unit, we had great success, mainly because we leveraged other partners that we knew were operating the area with a good property manager, and we use that relationship, mm-hmm. the 16 unit did very well. And actually we switched the 13 unit property management company to the company we we're using for the 16 unit because right. of that. But then the 84 was in another state, it was a first time partner group that we were partnering up with. And the sponsor group was good. It's just the property management team wasn't fully invested into it. And we saw that. And it was kind of a rundown area that we had to take an entry deal into to get into. It was a bigger turn. What cities, 16, 13, and 84? The 16 and 13 unit were in Fayetteville, North Carolina, next to Fort Bragg. And then the 84 unit was in Columbus, Ohio. Got it. So you have some thoughts on how to vet property management companies, I imagine, (laughs) and what to look for. So clearly the referral that went a long way on the 16 unit and then you switched over. So I heard you when you said that, but besides referrals, what questions, even with the referral, you'd ask certain questions now that perhaps you didn't know to ask prior to these two experiences on the 1384. So what questions would you ask now that perhaps you didn't ask before or didn't know to ask before? That is a good question. So I think the first thing people look at when they look at a property management company is probably the price if they're not directly partnering with the person. And that was our first mistake. I think we took a cheaper property management company for the 13 unit. That was the first mistake we did. It was just 2% cheaper at the time. And it became recommended by somebody else, but we didn't look into their experience, their background, why they're doing what they're doing, how they handle leasing up, how they handle rehab, all that stuff. So that kind of bit us in the butt there. But the questions to ask, I think would be, how do they handle lease ups during COVID? That was a big one for us. We're working with a property management company now that they were able to continue leasing up the 384 unit that we closed on. They're able to continue leasing up during COVID because they were marketing to essential personnel. So police officers, nurses, people like that. And then they were also doing the paperwork for their tenants to make sure that they can secure I forget what it was called, but we do the same thing. We fill it out for them. Then they just look at it, review, sign. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think that would be a great place to start, especially where we are as a nation right now with COVID and everything. 
Okay, hypothetically, congratulations, you just got another 120 unit in a new market. And you ask this potential property management company, how'd you do during COVID? How was your lease ups? I mean, come on, they're going to give you whatever answers you want to hear. So how do you go beyond that and really get to make sure that they're not trying to pull one over on you? Yeah, I think a big problem we have with the 13 unit is we looked at unit count and not unit type that was in the unit count. Someone can boost up their unit count in a lot of different ways. They can become partners in certain deals and all of a sudden their unit count goes through the roof. But if you're going to be talking to that property management company, and that's a part of your strategies to depend on another partner for that type of work, then you want to see other types of properties that they've managed through certain parts of the year or a couple of years or multiple years that demonstrate that kind of experience. And then you want to check how those properties are valuing you now. What were they valued a couple of years ago? What is the occupancy? If they can provide you with that kind of information, that'd be super helpful. You can judge for yourself based on numbers they give you from other properties in the area. And how strong are they in that local market? Are they holding 20 properties in the local market or are they not at all there and they're just starting out? Maybe they're based out of another state. You can kind of ask, okay, well, what is your strength in this market with this asset? And how long have you been doing it versus just saying, what's your unit count and what's your price, which I think a lot of people do. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend, Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed.
missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow Up Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial. For a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Ashton, I know you mentioned you would look at their leasing up process and rehabs. Will you elaborate on what in particular you'd look at with leasing up and rehabs? Yeah. So I'm sure all your listeners, or maybe not all of them, but most understand how apartments are valued. They're valued by the net operating income, right? So a huge part of that is making sure it's, you know, over a certain percent occupancy rate to hit that cash flow. And then of course, increasing the rent, rental bumps by increasing or improving the property or decreasing expenses. All that stuff is trackable. So when you talk to a property management company, you can see that. And if they're in the business for longer than five years, which is the typical cycle of an apartment complex, they can easily show you those kind of numbers. Yeah, we've managed this property from 2010 to 2015, and then we raised the value sold at this. They can show all that. And the lease ups itself, I think you'd be able to find all that stuff. They'd be able to show you all that stuff. I'm sorry, I kind of got long-winded. Did I miss your question on that one? No, no, no. I just want to know more about the lease-ups and the rehabs and what you would look for when speaking to a property management company. Another good one is how do they plan on doing that? They should have a systematized way of doing that. They should have experience doing that, obviously, and you want to see that, but they should have a plan. You should have your own plan, but I want to see what they come up with. What is their plan? How are we going to be able to turn all these units? If we have 120 units, you're not going to turn them all at once. Otherwise, your cash flow stops right away, right? So how are we going to waterfall those turns to keep the cash flow going and increasing as we do it, as well as keeping the tenants happy? And how do they manage all that? And they should have a process for that. That's why we failed with the 13 unit in that regard is the property management team wasn't used to having a schedule like that. And we weren't either up to that point. We bought things for cash, flipped them in a couple months, and then rented them out. So we ate the cost for three months or two months or whatever they were. But when you go bigger past a certain size, you can't just empty a property. It costs way too much. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a schedule and you can talk to a asset management team, property management team, if you need to outsource that type of work and see how they've done those kind of turns in the past. What kind of rent bumps have they done? Do they match what your underwriting did for the property? Is that realistic? A lot of times people do these massive underwriting. Well, we'll flip it and six months, everyone will be at this $150 rent bumps. Is that realistically attainable by emptying out 120 unit? Can you even do that? Typically, it's going to take you two to three years. And so you can see those schedules from previous ownership that this property management team might have and let them walk you through how it went, how they did, what they ran into, what issues they had, that kind of thing. Have you sold the 13 or 84? Actually, we're selling it right now, the 13 unit. Yeah. What'd you buy it for? And is it under contract? It's being listed, but according to our broker, it's going to go fast. Got it. Are you going to make money? Yes, actually. <laughs> so all's uh, well that ends well. All's yeah. well that ends well. Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah. double the price that we bought it at, which right. is really cool. Two years later. Good. 
and I know you said earlier that you switch property management companies on that 13 unit to the one that successfully managed the 16 unit. So I'm glad that ended up working out and they were able to deliver. Last question on this. What, from an asset management standpoint, do you do better or differently or do you actually do that you weren't doing before now that you know what you know? One thing for each of you, if that's all right. I think it'd be investor relations. There's so many people doing stuff like this, but once you close on the deal, that doesn't mean you stop talking to all your partners, all your investors. We have set in place a good process for keeping all our investors, all our partners updated through emails and webinars each year. And I think that's very important. You're building a relationship and it's a five-year relationship essentially, right? It could go longer, it could go shorter, but that's very important. Okay. Yeah, for me, I'm more of the operations side. So the 84 units struggled specifically because we didn't have timely reports. So we are key now on having shared storage where we get those monthly reports. That way we can regurgitate that back out to investors in a nice, more simplified, friendly format. But also we're aware of what is going on as it's happening. And that's really important, having that monthly communication, weekly even. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Partner. Yeah, I think partner. <laughs> yep, We're big on that. I hear that. I can count on one hand how many real estate investors have not partnered with people. Yeah. It seems like everyone does it, myself included. And why not you know, accomplish goals faster with more people and help more people along the way? We're going to do a lightning round. You two ready for the best ever lightning round? Sounds good. We talked a lot about lessons learned on stuff. So I'm going to give you the opposite question. What deal have you made the most amount of money on? That's a good question. 16 unit? I think so far. Yeah. How much you make on it? That one we're selling too. So I think that will be, it's almost two and a half times what we bought it. So about a million, right? Well, we're not going to, but well, yeah. yeah, And profit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How much Uh, will you two make from that? About 200. Nice. Yeah. And you held that over what period of time? Just under two years. Under two years. Those it's are good market. Heard. Yeah. It's a good market right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and it's amazing that that's one of the smallest deals. So there's more to come. And I heard earlier that you're in partnerships with a 384, but still, it's probably just not even scratching the surface. Have you lost money on any deal to date? Yeah. Which deal have you lost the most amount of money on? We've been fortunate. We buy really conservative. We're very conservative, but we lost about 10 grand on a a recent short-term rental we went under contract for. And knowing what you know now, what would you do differently if presented the same opportunity? The market's hot. Don't waive your appraisal contingency. (laughs) 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 Just just wait. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't appraise? It appraised 160,000 under. Oh, wow. So you you said no thank you and just paid the money that you had into it. Got it. Actually went into a settlement, at least got some of it back, but yeah. What's the best ever way you like to give back to the community? We donate 10% of our profits to Big Sky Bravery and Unbound. Big Sky Bravery is a nonprofit for special operations veterans and then Unbound fight human trafficking. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Visit our website, ValkyrieGroup.com, V-A-L-K-E-R-E group.com. Best way. Truly a pleasure speaking with both of you. Grateful that you shared your lessons learned regarding property management and also how you've got to this point with partnerships and well-vetted partnerships and how you went through that vetting process. 
things that you would do differently, knowing what you know now on certain deals from a management side and asset management side. So truly, thank you so much for being on the show, both of you. Again, I respect your military backgrounds and it's been a pleasure. So hope you have the best ever day and talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.